Folks, we are halfway through the MLB draft. Which teams had a good day one? Which players got put with the right teams in day two? And what can we expect in day three? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we are halfway through the draft. Let's update as to where things stand now, who's had a good day one, who had a good day two, and what can we expect in day three. And when you're looking at day one, thinking about teams, couple teams that come to mind. The first two that I'm thinking of, Arizona and Colorado. And as much as I want to get into them here, I've actually set up some time with Paul Holden from Locked On Rockies um, and Millard Thomas with Locked On Diamondbacks. And we're going to actually go on those shows and talk about because I really love what both of those teams have done in this entire draft. Uh, But right now, first team, Minnesota Twins. And the reason I like their day one, so at eight overall, they got uh, Brooks Lee, shortstop out of Cal Poly. Uh, at 48, they got Connor Prelip, the lefty pitcher out of Alabama. And then at 68, shortstop Tanner Schobel out of Virginia Tech. So here's what I love about this. Uh, you're in a situation where, I mean, the, this is deliberate, right? The Twins value college guys. They would like, like their models are adjusted to prefer college guys. They've got more data on them. They have more of a track record. They very much stayed on brand. So getting Brooks Lee at eight a switch-hitting infielder who's definitely going to stick it short and can hit for power, uh, when he was looked at as a possible number one overall guy, great combination of value and team fit. So I like Brooks Lee at eight there. Connor Prillip at 48 is a guy that was seen as going to be one of the early favorite on on the boards. And then he got injured, had Tommy John, lost the entire season. And then... Didn't pitch in 2020 either because of, you know, losing a college season there. So I think a combination of the injury and lack of a track record is kind of why he fell a bit. And the good thing about Prelip is he had Tommy John early enough in 2021 where he was actually able to throw a bullpen uh, before the SEC tournament in Hoover in, what was that, May, I think? Like early May, late April, early May. So... Teams have seen him throw. They have video. They have TrackMan data, everything on him. He looks as good as he was. And then Tanner Schobel was uh, a, a veteran on that Virginia Tech offense. Hit 362, 445, 689, 19 home runs in 59 games. And so a really good offensive performer in the ACC, which is considered pretty much to be the second best conference in college baseball. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of guys that uh, have a good track record, but still have upside as well. Now, injury concerns with Brooks Lee and Connor Prelip, I'll acknowledge that. But I think overall, just two guys that had, or three guys that had uh, have a lot of upside still, despite being college guys. They still have pretty high ceilings for college players. Another team really liked what they did, Toronto Blue Jays. And so, 
23 overall, Brandon Barrera, the, the prep lefty, the one who pulled himself out of uh, the, the high school season right before the playoffs. At 60, shortstop Joss Kasevich out of Oregon. Uh, at 77, shortstop Tucker Toman um, out of Hammond High School, prep player. And at 78, back-to-back, second baseman Kay Doty from LSU. So these guys have upside, but I think the big thing here is they have high floors. Like they all kind of profile as less risky are or less risky profiles that are going to be big leaguers. And looking at Brandon Barrera, can hit 99 with the fastball. It's got some sync to it. Sliders definitely plus. Um, I'm mean, sorry. Slider can end up at plus. It's definitely above average now. Um, has a changeup that is, I mean, average, but it's really good against the righty because of how it disguises off the fastball. Uh, and what I like is seeing what the Blue Jays have done with Ricky Tiedemann and how well he's improved since he got in the system and thinking, well, if they can do that with Ricky Tiedemann, Brandon Barrera is a better athlete than Ricky Tiedemann is. So if they can make Tiedemann what he is now, imagine what they can do to, to Brandon Barrera. And you, you go along with that. Uh, Kasevich, fantastic contact ability. I mean, some of the best, um, some of the best, like, just pure contact skills, swing decisions in the class. Has some decent raw power. The exit velocities are high. His issue has kind of been like a launch angle thing. Hits a lot of grounders, kind of keeps the ball on the ground. And so uh, some mechanical tweaks there, I think. He has the ability to read the ball out of the hand and not swing it hit, uh, at balls, but swing at strikes with a quality swing. If you can improve the angle of that swing a bit, I think you're going to, unlock a next level of potential there for Joss Kasevich. Tucker Toman um, is, is I'm, I'm curious how much he's going to cost. Uh, switch hitter, tons of bat speed from the left-hand side, uh, really good contact ability from the right-hand side. I think he's probably going to end up at third base. Big question here will be how much does he cost? And some of these guys are going to move. Uh, Kasevich is probably going to have to move, um, you know, Somewhere else on the dirt, he'll he can stay, he can stay in the infield. Probably going to have twenty five homer power. I'd say move him to third. Toman's probably going to move to third. I see Doty at second. Uh, Doty's a guy very refined, mature approach at the plate. Um, you know, can can go to all fields. I see him as like an eighteen to twenty home run guy. And to me, you've got a couple infielders here now that. Like, here's three-fourths of your infield if something happens and you can't re-sign somebody or someone doesn't want to come back. You have you have a third baseman. You have a second baseman. Um, you've, I mean, you've got plenty of pieces here. So, really like what Toronto did going for high floors, keeping this team in contention, lengthening the window by having high floors here. Um, another team that is trying to lengthen the window and somebody who I actually, I wasn't super, super high on the draft at first and uh shout out to Joe Doyle with prospects live actually had a good little thing on, on Twitter about this, but the Atlanta Braves. So the criticism of the Braves has been, they've got plenty of starting pitcher options. They're lacking with position players. So what do they do on day one? They go take four pitchers at 20 Right-hand pitcher, Owen Murphy, prep kid. At 35, prep pitcher, J.R. Ritchie. At 57, prep pitcher, Cole Phillips. 
And then at 76, right-hand pitcher Blake Burkhalter out of Auburn. So three high school prep pitchers and a college reliever never started. And at first, I didn't really understand. And, you know, Doyle kind of talks about it. It's like, this is like this is the Braves leaning into their strengths. They are very, very good at developing arms. And the reason that they have such a competitive window now is they've been able to, to either develop arms who have come up and had an impact, like a Max Freed, like an Ian Anderson, um, like a Kyle Wright. They've been able to, to develop these guys. Or they've had a piece that they could trade off to get someone else. And some of that is they have been good pitchers. Some of that has been the Braves' reputation for developing pitchers is so good that if the Braves have a pitcher, other teams inherently value that prospect more than if he was part of some other organization. So um, Owen Murphy really kind of fits that Spencer Strider mold to me. Uh, can throw a great fastball. Um, you know, lives up there on the top of the zone. Um Throws a lot of strikes, doesn't really uh, leave a lot of pitches to get hit. Uh, Richie's kind of similar, doesn't walk a bunch of guys. He can hit 97, uh, has a good slider. And then Phillips is, he was at 100 miles an hour before he before he had to have TJ. So a little bit of a question there. Burkhalter is the interesting one to me. And I've, 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 I've met Blake Burkhalter, you know, caveat here. I've talked to him. I've, um, you know, I've, I've chatted with him, I've interviewed him, um, never has been a starter, has always been a reliever in college, but actually has a very explosive fastball, hits, I think he hit 98 at one point in time this year, and has a cutter that he actually learned from former Brave Tim Hudson, who was his pitching coach at Auburn, and so they've said they want to try him at starting, I think he has the repertoire to do it, I do think he'd move very fast as a reliever if you kept him at relief, but they want to try him as a starter first. Um, either way, really good draft. And then not to take too long, a couple little bit less players here, but the Oakland A's in day one. So Daniel Susak at 19, the catcher out of Arizona. Uh, outfielder Henry Bolte at 56, prep, prep guy out of California. And then outfielder Clark Elliott from Michigan at 69. So what you have here is we're assuming Kevin Parada has to move off of catcher. So you've got the number one um, pure catching prospect in the class. Um, I mean, you're looking at a 265 hitter, 25 homers. Now, you've got some work to do. He's got to lay off sliders that are off the plate. Um, you know, he's susceptible to some, to some chase on something that moves out of the zone. You can fix that in a development program. That's easy. Um, Henry Bolte is one of the few five-tool players that was not in the top five picks. So has everything. As long as you can sign him, he is going to be an expensive sign. He will cost a lot of money. And I think you see that with, with the choice of Elliott uh, there at 69. But as long as you can sign Bolte, he will be a very, very good outfielder for you. And then Clark Elliott's just a professional baseball player. I mean, if he he's going to hit 270... Um, with 16 to 20 homers, gonna play a uh, gonna play a decent outfield any spot you put him in. He'll be an average center fielder. He'll be an above average right fielder. He'll be a very like a, a plus left fielder. So he can play all three positions. He's the high floor kind of guy you need when you have one of the worst records in baseball. You need more of 
Clark Elliott in your squad. And in just a minute, I want to get to some of the best individual combinations of players in draft slots to teams in day two. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style if you want to build your, uh, your own engagement ring. Uh, Blue Nile's bench jewelers then take your choices and handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Every single one of them is one of a kind. If you just want to uh, celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So may your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. As we hit the second segment, I want to quick acknowledge real quick, my voice is absolutely smoked. I have done so many radio hits and podcast appearances in the last week. I am running on fumes. We've got another day of the draft. I've got like four or five more pods to record with different people this week. So um, y'all just think good thoughts about my throat. Uh, hopefully this thing can make it through to the end of the week. But okay, favorite players in day two combination of pick player slot so Tristan Veerling went to the Yankees at pick 20 of the third round um the, so 6-4 went to the rotation this year out of how to Gonzaga has four different pitches um fastball sits low 90s I think he could add a little bit of velo there uh change ups above average it's his best secondary his worst of the th- of the secondaries is the slider. And this is why I like him going to the Yankees. The Yankees have been very good at bringing that horizontal sweepy slider into their organization. So I think Tristan Veerling give him like teach him that slider. If you can get that thing to even above average, you've got um a number 4, number 5 just right away uh, you know, guy who can who can eat a ton of innings. You, you give me a guy with three above average pitches that can throw strikes. And that's somebody that you will let throw 140 innings for you, 150 innings at the back of your um, rotation. And then will obviously be available to help you in the playoffs out of the bullpen if you need it, make spot starts, things like that. Absolutely a useful skill to have. Uh, Same note, pick 14 in that round, Bryce Hubbard, the lefty out of Florida State to the Reds, um, throws a ton of strikes. Low 90, he's got a ton of spin, really good curveball, really good slider. Really good changeup. Tied for the lead in the Cape Cod League in strikes last year. So, um, got a chance to watch him in the postseason. He got rocked by Auburn. Uh, that's nothing against him. That was a good lineup that went to Omaha. But, uh, good at throwing strikes. Good tools there. And I like the Reds being able to take a guy that, you know, maybe give him a little bit of velo, but refine a lot of those secondaries. And you have a good, you know, at best number three, but probably a number four. But just a nice, nice big repertoire there. Round four, love Brock Porter to the Rangers. You take Kumar Rocker at three, 
everybody's shocked about. Kumar Rocker went super high. He went for $2 million under slot. You don't have a second round pick. You don't have a third round pick. You take all of that extra money that you save from Rocker. You throw it at Brock Porter. Was considered to be one, like MLB Pipeline had him as the top pitcher in the class. The top prep pitcher in the class. We talked about him maybe going to the Tigers in the first round. You get him in round four. Throws, you know, 97 or so. He can hit 100. Sliders above average. Change up as plus. National player of the year um, by Gatorade. 0.41 ERA. 58 innings. 115 strikeouts. Again, it's, it's high school. But love the pick of Brock Porter there at four. Um, saving your extra money. Great strategy. Glad it worked out for the Rangers. Fifth round pick. Couple guys here. Brandon Burtzel, the righty out of Texas Tech, goes to the Cubs with the seventh pick in the fifth round. Mid-90s fastball, good slider. Um, Big 12 pitcher of the year this year. I think the reason a dude with two-plus pitches fell to the fifth round is he's had rotator cuff issues. He's had an elbow issue. So there's injury questions. As long as the Cubs can keep him healthy, You've got a steal in the fifth round. Um, go along with that. Connor Stain, righty out of uh, Central Florida, out of UCF, going to the Rockies. The Rockies are in here a few times. Heads up. I like what the Rockies did in this draft. But transferred into UCF out of Maryland. Did not give up an earned run this year until mid-April. Through 43 and a third innings, 51 strikeouts, 187 ERA. Uh, Velo's in the mid-90s. Uh, decent changeup, decent slider. I think they do. the Rockies do a good job of developing that power slider in guys. Turn his slider into a power slider. Give him that fastball, the power slider, a changeup to play off of that. You're going to have an arm that will play in Coors Field. Love that pick. Sixth round. Three guys here that I love that I actually got a chance to scout all three of these guys in person this year. Very excited about it. But the ninth pick in the round. Uh, Hayden Dunhurst, the catcher of old, from Old Miss going to the Royals, was defensively the best catcher in college baseball. Very impressed with pitch framing, with blocking, everything. I mean, just controlling the running game, everything that he did. Now, offensively, a little bit of work to do. I think he needs to improve his offense a bit to be your everyday catcher. But one of the best, if not the best, defensive catcher in the draft. Great choice in the sixth round. And if he can hit, you know, two, you know, 220, you're happy. Bat him at 8th or ninth, not a big deal. You're going to be happy with him behind the dish for a decade. Speaking of Old Miss, 15th pick in the round, Dylan DeLucia, the righty out of Old Miss going to the Guardians. Most outstanding player in the College World Series. Threw a four-hit shutout um, in the semifinals to clinch the final spot. Uh, love that he goes to the Guardians. The Guardians are so good at developing pitchers. And I think Dylan DeLucia, a couple different tools, not quite as polished as you want. Guardians is the best place to send him. They're going to develop him into a, into a dude. He's going to be, at this point in the draft, the expectations of four or a, th- a four. I think with a normal bit of development, he can be a three. I think with some good breaks and some good development, he can be a two. Love what Dylan DeLucia brings. Love him in round six. And then at 21 in the in the round, so 187 overall to the Cardinals, Max Ragic, the righty out of UCLA. They took 
their first out of their first six picks, four of them were college pitchers. But um, another guy that doesn't have the most amazing pure stuff, but is just a good pitcher. He's he's you need a couple guys like Max Ragic in your big league rotation just to make it through a season. So um, I see them having some good development there. I mean, three two eight ERA over the year. 85 innings, 92 strikeouts to 20 walks. Good control for UCLA. But I see them getting a little more out of him. I like his off-speed stuff. Um, I watched him in the regional uh, play Florida State. I think it was, I think it was Florida State. Uh, like what I saw there. Really good pitcher. Excited about that. Seventh round. Trey Faltine of uh, Texas going to the Reds. One of the better college defenders in the class. Has a good arm. Has good range, good hands. Um, arm is good enough where I think he can play anywhere in the infield. Um, and he just needs a little bit of work to kind of loose, like unlock his offensive potential. He's not quite there offensively. Overhauled the swing a little bit. I trust the Cardinal. I, I trust the Reds to develop hitters. I like what I've seen them do with some of these younger guys. Um, so love the pick, love the combination of the player and the team there. Eighth round, another Guardians pick, shocker, Jackson Humphreys, the le- the prep lefty um, at 15th in the round. So two-way guy, doesn't turn 18 until Wednesday. So he's still 17. Uh, I think he probably would have been higher had he had a good year. Struggled a little bit off the mound, but he's got a mid-90s fastball. He's got a curveball, um, slider with a ton of spin to it. A guy, again, I think Cleveland's going to be able to, as long as they can sign him, as long as they can get the money to sign him, they're going to be able to really refine his stuff and um, get a steal here uh, so late in the, you know, the, eighth, the eighth round. Get to just get a great deal there. Ninth round, a couple guys here that I like. Brad Cumbist, Mississippi State outfielder, goes to the Rockies with the 10th pick. Played baseball and football, uh, was a tight end. So 6'6", good power, good speed. At this point, you're looking for tools that you can refine. He's got the speed to patrol that giant outfield in Colorado. He's got the power to put tons of balls over the fence. So if he works out, you're going to be very happy. Great combination of tools to go to the Rockies in the ninth round. Uh, Go along with him. Andrew Jenkins, uh, first baseman from Georgia Tech to the Tigers with uh, the next pick, pick 11. This spring, as a righty, 17 home runs, 679 slugging percentage. So uh, they played him at first base out of need. They needed a first baseman. I think he can play third or his arm's good enough to put him in right. He's athletic enough. He can do left or right. Needs some offensive help. He struggles against breaking pitches. Something you kind of have to work with him on. But Andrew Jenkins, great pick for the Tigers because you can get more defensive versatility out of him than what you saw his last year at Georgia Tech. And then 10th round, shocker, it's another um, another Rockies player. This one's right-hand pitcher Zach Agnos. Um, Eastern Carolina guy, so college guy, was actually a two-way player. Was uh, I believe he was on the ballot for um, All-American at Utility is what the National College Baseball Writers Association calls it. The, the, the two-way guys hit 337 home runs through, um, through 23 innings. 
the 2-3-1 ERA, 19 strikeouts. They announced him as a pitcher. I imagine there's going to be a little bit of letting him do both for a while until it's obvious he needs to focus on pitching. So probably not necessarily going to take the th- that, that away from him. And having the flexibility of playing him in a corner infield spot if the pitching thing doesn't work out. And th- he's obviously got an arm for third base if he's a pitcher. Um, I think that's an additional benefit and something that I like in a guy here in the 10th round. You can take a, a, a college player, save a little bit of money there slot-wise, and have a fallback plan if for some reason it doesn't work out. In just a minute, want to kind of uh, talk quickly about what to expect here in day three. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, you've probably tried the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but now they have given it the Puffs treatment. So it's the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a delicious, chewy, protein-infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Only here for a limited time. This is one of those things why I keep telling you go to the website and sign up for the mailing list. So they let you know when things like this happen. So go to built.com and check out the coconut brownie chunk built bar puff. It's a limited time thing. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So day three, if you look at the top rated players available Everywhere, whether it's MLB Pipeline, it's Baseball America, Prospects 1500, Prospects Lot, whoever it is, you see a ton of high schoolers. Most of those high schoolers are going to go to college. But, so the way that the slotting works is the slotting, your, your bonus pool, covers the first 10 rounds. Rounds 11 through 20 do not have slot values. and you can spend up to $125,000 per spot without that money counting against your draft pool. So what happens is here, now that you've finished the first 10 picks, you have an idea of what it's going to cost to sign those players. If you project you have money left over, this is where you take a lottery pick on a guy like a Tristan Smith, lefty out of South Carolina, um, like top 50 player, probably going to go to college, but you draft him in the 11th round. If you have the spare money, you offer him $300,000. Only 150 will count against your total bonus pool. And obviously, a lot of this kind of is based off of um, who you saw drafted in the first 10 rounds, how much they're going to cost to sign. The Rangers won't have extra money, but there will be teams with extra money. And so this is where a lot of those players will go off the board. So this is where you'll see, you'll start to see prep kids you probably haven't heard of. Some of them, I mean, there's there's 10 consensus top 100 players still on the board. They're all high schoolers. The highest rated prep player, uh, college talents you're looking at, there's maybe... I think Andrew Walters is pretty much a consensus top 100. Um, outside of that, it's mostly high 100s and higher at this point in the draft when it comes to college talents. So you're going to see teams balancing risky picks to see if they'll sign or not. 
If they don't sign, you don't get a compensation pick. If you don't sign your 14th rounder, we don't give you a 14th rounder next year. You just lost that pick. So this is where you'll see teams go out on a limb and that you'll see catcher Ike Irish. You know, you'll see center fielder Chris Stanfield. You'll see some of these prep players that are considered pretty solid college leans. And 75, 80% of them will make it to campus. But 20% or so are going to take either the full 125 or you're going to have to go over that. And remember, whatever you go over 125 will count against your top 10 pick bonus pool. Anything 125 and under does not count against the pool. So teams that have money left over, because you don't take a player in the first 10 rounds without having an idea of their signability. Some of these guys have already signed. They already, they already have agreements with their teams. They've already reported and they're doing stuff. So know that a lot of the guys that you hear for your favorite team, 11 through rounds 13, 14, whatever, you may not know these prep players. Know that they're probably top 100, top 150 talents if you can sign them. This is where you go out. This is where your scouting department, the relationships they have built with the players and their mamas and their daddies, that's where all of this stuff matters. That's where your general manager, your, your director of player personnel, um, the guys they prioritize and how they've budgeted your bonus pool money, that's where all this stuff matters. And this, this back half, this is where you can, get, you can get very good players. Albert Pujols was a 13th rounder in 1999. Jose Canseco was a 15th rounder. Oral Hershiser was a 17th rounder. Andre Dawson was an 11th rounder. You can get really good players in the back half of the draft. You just have to be smart about it, and you have to have a plan. So stay tuned the rest of this week. Tons of draft stuff. We're doing two draft recap shows. We're doing one um, that is dropping on Wednesday with one league and one that is dropping on Thursday with the other league. Every division gets their own segment. We're doing a bunch of crossovers this week. We're talking to different um, We're talking to different. Uh, teams, we're talking to the Rockies, we're talking to the Diamondbacks, we're talking to the Rays, a couple different teams about stuff that, that their guys did, how much I loved their drafts, and then just excited to talk to the Rays guys. We haven't had them on the show yet. If you have questions for the show, the mailbag is back next Monday. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until then, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.